I'm Allison Van Hooser, and I'm on a sold-out mission to develop highly successful leaders at all levels. In the 15 years I've been working throughout the food, financial, retail industries, and politics, I've become deeply aware of the powerful effects of leadership. In each episode, you will get strategies and actions you can use immediately in order to change you, your team, and your business. The question is, will you choose to own it? Will you put your stake in the ground and decide to do something with what you've learned today? This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast. When I talked to our guest today, it was like a light bulb just clicked for me that if I would do this and take it to the level that our guest has, I would see positive results personally and professionally. So without further ado, our guest today is Wesley Dunn. Um, I didn't reach out to Wesley because he's family. I reached out to Wesley because he's got something really meaningful to share with you all today. So, Wesley, tell everybody a little bit about your educational and professional background. I'm obviously from from Princeton, but I came to Owensboro, Kentucky. I did my undergrad in the business world with a finance and econ emphasis. Um, That was and graduated from Brescia in 2005. Uh, went into the business world uh, here in Owensboro, worked at a company called Southern Star Central Gas Pipeline, Interstate Pipeline. Um, but after uh, three years of being in uh, the business world, uh, felt the Lord God calling me into the ministry. And so I've been involved in ministry since 2008. Um, and all of that time of, of ministry has been involved at First Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, where I now serve as the minister of discipleship. So the thing I want to tell the audience listening is we're talking about leadership on this podcast. Wesley is a leader in his church, but whether you're a leader in a church or you're a leader in corporate world or you're just a leader at home with your family, there are leadership principles that work in all situations. And so I want you all to not tune out, but to actually tune in and hear what he's going to say today, because I know it will make a difference with the people around you. So Wesley, we're going to talk about handwritten notes today and how you've taken it to another level. I want to know, why do you believe that handwritten notes are so important? Yeah, so first of all, just a little bit of history about my uh, writing, I guess I would say, is, um, you know, grade school, you're taught how to write in cursive. Um, At least I was. uh, But once I reached a certain age, like middle school, they just didn't, you didn't, have to write in cursive anymore. You write however you wanted. And so I just started writing in print. The only thing I ever wrote in cursive was my signature, my name. And so my, my handwriting, my cursive turned into just chicken scratch. It looked awful. But uh, when I went to seminary uh, in 2010, I had a professor who had unbelievable handwriting and he didn't do it to be flash or anything, but he had worked on it and it was a hobby of his. I looked at it and I was like, man, that is that is really impressive. It was almost as though it should be a font on Microsoft Word. And so I started wanting to write like that. Bought myself a fountain pen because he was a big fountain pen user. And I started writing um, and working on my, my cursive writing once again. I literally had to teach myself all over again. But in, in conjunction with that, um, he, he, along with a, a few other men in my life and professors at that time, uh, would talk about how they would they would write letters to people and the impact of writing well, um, help them. Now, if you don't write well, it's, it's not necessary, but it was a help and a motivation for me to push on to do that. So um, I had a mother 
throughout my background who always told me like, hey, thank you notes, get them, get them done. Like you need to get thank you notes out. And I heard that, but, um, but I maybe didn't take it as important as I should have. Even when I learned how to write again in cursive and, and did that well, I would write notes occasionally, but it wasn't a habit. It wasn't a consistent practice. It was just something I did occasionally, whether it was a thank you note or something like that. Um, but really uh, what kicked into gear for me was this last summer I was doing uh, in the, doc the doctoral program I'm in. Uh, I was doing a bi biographical paper on a man by the name of Leonard Ravenhill. And uh, Ravenhill, in the biography I was reading, was known for so many more things. But one of the things that I found interesting in the biography I was reading was his relentless pursuit of writing people. He had um, dozens and dozens and dozens of families and individuals that he would write on a monthly basis. And in that biography, one of the things that, uh, that just struck a chord with me was that one guy had kept all the letters that Ravenhill had sent him over the years. Over 500 letters he had written to this one guy. And that, that gentleman just said, listen, they weren't long, they weren't uh, elaborate, but they were an encouragement to me, a nourishment to me, really, on a monthly basis. And he, he had 500 notes. Can you imagine receiving 500 handwritten notes from somebody? So crazy. You know, Ravenhill wouldn't have known what was going on in that guy's life um, but in all of our lives, something's going on that's a discouragement. And, and what I found with, with letter writing and note writing to people handwritten is there is nothing like ink on a paper to somebody. Listen, I, I communicate with people in all kinds of ways, particularly digitally, um, with text messages, with emails, even with phone calls often. But as I write letters to people, I, I don't get near the response from people when I do other forms of communication like email, text message. They get that from everybody. But when they receive that handwritten note, that's something different. I mean, think about yourself, Allison. When you get home from work or you arrive home from a trip or something like that, you pull out the mail. You've got all kinds of stuff in the mail. But if there's a handwritten addressed envelope to Allison Van Hoosier, which letter are you reading first? That one. Absolutely. You're grabbing that one out of the pile and you want to look at it. And what are you going to do with that? With the rest of the mail, you're going to open it, handle what needs to be handled with it. And where does it go? Trash. Trash. With a handwritten note, what do you do with it? Open it, read it. And where does it go? In a cabinet, a drawer, a box, something like that. Or, and potentially on the shelf. I, I, I put yes. a lot on the shelf as well, right there to remit, like to, to, you know, whether it's a birthday card, a thank you, an encouragement. Uh, you know, I have people, um, and, and this goes back a little bit, since that Ravenhill uh, recognition for me, I made a commitment at that point. I put, we'll just say on this podcast, I put my stake in the ground. There you um, go. <laughs> I put my stake in the ground that I was going to be a letter writer in that same fashion. Um, maybe not to the point where I write the same people every month, but I was going to be a relentless letter writer uh, because I knew the impact on my own life when I received those types of things. So now I want to, to do the same for others and, and encourage them, challenge them, thank them, uh, recognize them. That's, this is, that's a way to recognize them. So I wanted to do that. So since this summer, uh, this would have been middle of the summer, and here we are now, uh, middle of October as we're recording this, uh, maybe not when it's going to go on, but but middle of October is recording this. And this is months and months of doing this. I have committed to write double digit notes every week. So 10 plus every at least 10 plus every week. 
And I don't, for me, as obviously I, I mentioned, I'm a minister in the church. And the most time I'm around people is on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, not a Sunday or a Wednesday has gone by since that time that I don't have people coming to me wanting to talk about that letter I wrote them. Thanking me. I'm writing them a thank you note. You're not, they're not supposed to come back and say thank you for a thank you note, but yeah. they do because why? It's, it's not the norm. That's not what they're getting in their mail. And they were that encouraged by it. I had one lady just this week. I saw her on Monday. Uh, it was Pastor's Appreciation uh, this last Sunday. Uh, her and many others were in the office uh, with some gifts on Monday. That was great. Yeah. Um, which I've written them a thank you note uh, since then for coming in. But um, but she found me. She said, our paths haven't crossed for three weeks, but I've been looking for you for three weeks. That card you wrote me um, meant so much to me. She was like, She's a door greeter um, here at, at the at the church on Sunday mornings for for those coming into Sunday school, and she said, um, "I I've been doing that for decades, but I was wondering if you know I just need to stop doing it." My husband and I were having that conversation, but she said, "Your note encouraged me to continue on because you had highlighted how important it was." And I said, "It is that important. You need to know it's that important because." When, when people come in and you recognize them and you remember their name, you know, these are the kinds of things I'm writing in the note um, that that's just they need to hear that. That transcends everything we say. It transcends industries, whether it's church, that's whether right. it's corporate world. People want to be recognized. People want to know that their leader knows their name. I mean, yeah. I work with Phil Van Hooser and Phil specifically talks with leaders about personally knowing their people, knowing yeah. their names. And when they get that letter and realize that you do know them, that they are valued, that you spent time to notice them, that's going to mean something from an influence perspective. They're going to listen to you more um, from an engagement perspective. They're coming up to you and talking to you where otherwise they wouldn't. But also from a loyalty perspective, I mean, if you think about the business world, if you've got a leader that recognizes you, that sh that communicates how valuable you are to them and to the company, yep. when somebody else is dangling a better job offer or something in yeah. your face, you're going to remember that person who cares about you and who has invested in you. The relational investment is huge for them. And they may not think about it initially, but. But to send a text message, to send an email takes no time. I mean, it, like I just pick it up and in a matter of seconds. But in order to send that letter, I had to sit down. I couldn't hit backspace on my letter, right? Like I had to take the time to make sure the words I say are the words that I actually want to say. And if I mess it up, I have to start over. Like there's a time investment, but there's also a, a financial investment that they went. They spent the time to go get that envelope, to get that, that stationery, that card, uh, to get the stamp, yes. to to find out my address and and put it on the front of the envelope that there's an investment that says you're special. You mean something like I want you to know that beyond just a tech. Now, listen, I'm not downgrading encouragement or thanking people through digital means. By all means, do that. Right. But you're you're taking the the next le to the next level. Uh, I think you mentioned that earlier. You're taking it to the next level. And that means something for folks. I totally agree. So I want to talk about the people who are listening now might first be thinking all of the excuses of why they couldn't do this. Yeah. So I want to talk about those. And then I want to talk about there's some things that you do with those notes 
that stick out in my mind where you're taking it to another level. So let's talk about the excuses that some listeners might be coming up with right now. Then let's talk about um, how they can level up their note writing. Um, So talk about your process of who you're writing to, how you keep that organized, who's holding you accountable and um, how you make it easier for yourself. Yeah. So, so uh, there are hindrances uh, and you would say people are putting up excuses. There are hindrances to being a good letter writer um, or a, what I would say a relentless pursuit of letter writing. There's hindrances. Yeah. So there are hindrances. One of those hindrances is time busyness. When do I have time to sit down? Yeah. The text message takes me 30 seconds. The note's going to take me a couple of minutes per note. I don't have the time to sit. So, People are going to come up with the time. Well, I would suggest that most people in their work week are going to have some margins when there's a beneficial time to do this. Um, There's going to be those times of the week when your brain is just not firing and is not ready to focus. You've worked hard on a project for six of your eight hours today, or maybe you're on the eighth hour and you still got another hour to go in the day and your mind's just not ready to ramp back up uh, for another project. Do this. It's not that it's mindless, completely mindless activity, but it doesn't take near the focus that uh, starting a brand new project at the, you know, at four o'clock p.m. of the day is going to take. And for me, this is just a a personal thing. For me, that's Monday afternoons. Um, Sundays for me and what I do is a very busy. um, And then Mondays, putting out a lot of fires, Monday mornings. I'm sure most people are putting out fires on Monday mornings. And so that leaves me by 3 p.m. on Monday afternoon, just kind of ready to, to chalk up the day and like I'm done, you know. But this is something you can do during that time. In, in addition to that, from a, from a busyness, from a time uh, aspect, all of us experience this when we're at our desk or we're in our work day. We've got that margin of time where we've been working on something. I've got a meeting at 1130. It's 1110. I've just finished up what I'm doing and I got a 20 minute window before that meeting. If I start something new, I'm just going to have to put it down anyways. This is something you can do in the All of us have that 15 to 20 minute margin uh, throughout the week. Like, hey, lunch break is in, you know, 20 minutes. And I know I need to be here and, and, and I've got other things going on or other people still here and I don't have lunch break until noon. But it's 1140. I got 20 minutes. I'm not going to start something to do this. Right. You've got that, that window of time. So I think that's one hindrance. I think another hindrance is um, kind of what I talked about earlier is the investment of the envelope and the card mm-hmm. and the stamp and all of that. Um, some people, uh, well, I, I wanted to, but I just didn't have the stuff ready. Right. That, that's the excuse. Right? right. I just didn't have it there. Well, I would say get it. Yes. You're, you're not going to be a good note writer unless you take the steps of intentionality to have them ready to be done. So for me, what I would what I do is my desk at the office. You can go down there right now and in the right side of my desk, um, there is going to be the cards and the envelopes are right there. Now, we have a way at the office that I don't use stamps. We um, we process uh, mail otherwise. But if you need stamps, have them right there. Go ahead and have them purchased beforehand All that you're not going to run out. Yes. Um, and then I, do, I have that set up at home uh, because I work home and office a lot. So I have a spot. It, 
seems to be my right drawer is the place where I put those, but that's where they are. They're ready to go and ready to be written uh, at a moment's notice or when that margin of time comes so that I don't have the excuse of, well, I just didn't have the stuff together, so I couldn't do it. No, have it together. Be intentional about that. Another hindrance may be that you don't have the people you want to send a card to their their contact information, whether it's, you know, like their mailing address or whatever. So if that boundary is in the way, you're not going to jump over it and go get their contact information. It's going to take extra time. Uh, Most places of business, if you have a customer base or you have a network of people, you're going to have a database of their information. So what I do is I'll have my assistants, uh, one of my assistants, um, they will print off the labels. That's not a difficult thing to do uh, from a database is print off, make sure they have the contact information. Um, and then have them print off the labels, have them sitting right next to your cards and your stationery, ready to go. So you just peel it off. Now, obviously, um, encouragement and notes go out to people outside where I need to mail it. But also, um, I don't need that to write a note to the person in my office. Or, uh, you, you know, like a person that uh, an example of this. Um, and I think I mentioned this to you at another time when we were talking about this. But uh, Judy in our office, uh, she's our office manager. And she had come up on her sixth anniversary uh, of working here in our office. Well, I wrote her a note and just said, hey, um, congratulations on your your sixth anniversary of working here. Really appreciate you and the work that you do. And just want you to know how much uh, I'm thankful for you. Just a brief note like that. Well, she came back to me a couple of days later and she said, you're the only one that said anything about my work anniversary or service anniversary here. Well, I want to encourage her at the same time, though, we've talked, you know, you know this, that's going to create a relationship that when yes. it's time to get work done um, and men, you know, I think about this, there's only 15 minutes left in the day, but we've got this thing that has got to get done Yes, they're, because of these types of things and that relationship that's built, they're going to say, yep, going the extra mile versus nobody recognized that it's my anniversary around here. Nobody cares. I'm just going to ride it out for the last 15 minutes and I'm going home because nobody else cares. You're so right. That's where the change comes in. That's what the, that's the difference it makes. So get past the hindrance of, of not having the contact information, go ahead and have that in place. One of the things you might do, and Ravenhill may have, have done this because he wrote so often to the same people is if you've got a customer base, um, like for me, I have leaders that are my Sunday school teachers. They're, they're, I'm a leader of leaders. So I know who those people are. That may be the same thing for customers. You may have accounts or you may have people that are the regular people you work with. Print out their labels, put them on a monthly rotation, a quarterly rotation, whatever. But those labels are sitting right in front of you as a reminder. Hey, I have written a note to this person, but I haven't got to them yet. Maybe you take a row of those labels every week, whatever it is. But I put them on a rotation and you can do that, you know, however you see see best but but put them on a rotation and that forces you one more step of intentionality that you're ready to write that you're also making your life easier like you can do this the hard way or the easy way so the easy way is for you to have everything ready make sure you have the contact information now let's say you don't have an assistant that can do that for you okay we'll set aside 30 minutes to gather up contact information for whoever your people are customers employees and do that yourself so that when it comes time, you have it ready. You're just making your own life easier. And I think that 30 minutes of preparation is you will pay way more yes. dividends than you th- like. You don't think that thir- you think you could be doing something else with that 30 minutes. But I'm telling you, if it gets re- gets you ready to write a note of encouragement or thank you to somebody, it's going to pay dividends 
for a long time. Absolutely. Totally agree. Now, there's one other thing you do. Um, I'm huge on accountability. People around you can help you be accountable. You can use social media for accountability. Whatever it is, you're more likely to stick with it if there's somebody keeping you accountable in a positive way. So tell me what that looks like for you. Yeah, so my accountability in this is this is not something I see practiced throughout my office. I am kind of the uh, the one that's standing on my own in this and writing letters. I think most people, and this is for me, I'm in my mid-30s. It's probably an oddity for me to be writing notes more than I'm texting people. But um, I have asked my wife, Julie, I have asked her, you ask me every week whether or not I have written my notes this week. And, and that's, um, that's my accountability right now. Like she, she is, she's asking me every week, Hey, who, who are you writing notes to? Have you thought about writing notes to these people? So a couple things just to point out there that stand out to me is you are, are you alone in your office doing this? You said you're by, you're the only one doing this that yeah. you realize it. So it doesn't matter if the people around you, your coworkers right. are doing it, you go do it. Yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. When it comes to accountability, whether it's your spouse or your friend, the person in the cubicle next to you, whoever it is, just find somebody. Um, if you set reminders on your Google calendar, yes. but hold on, when those pop up, you're more likely to be like, eh, delete, go yeah, on. But if yeah. a person comes to you and says, have you done this, yeah. then that is going to give you. Absolutely. Yeah. So now I will say this. I use Google, like I mentioned earlier about Judy's mm-hmm. service anniversary. That's where that's where I have my reminders. So whether it's birthdays of, of folks, I have those just thrown in there, or whether it is um, whether it's uh, service anniversaries. Here's the other one. My assistant helps me with this, and this is accountability piece. Um, obviously, in the work that I do, um, we deal with folks uh, dealing with death a lot and family members dying. We keep up with that. Uh, obviously in a, in a database when people, but what, what would I've asked my assistant to do? I had her start doing this about four years ago and I I've done it, but now I'm seeing the greatest value in it is I've asked her keep up a spreadsheet every month for the death anniversaries of those loved ones, uh, you know, that are coming up. And so I would have received this month an October notice of the deaths that happened a year ago, two years ago, and the family members that were impacted by that. And I can write them a note. Listen, when you write somebody a note who is thinking about what happened two years ago and they know that you still remember that and you care, um, that's that's crucial for them to hear and to be encouraged in that moment. Listen, I'm talking about it from a ministry perspective, but on a personal level in the business world, a coworker of yours, if if their mother has died, like that is valuable to them in the relational aspect. Now, in doing all this, the motive is important. I know I haven't talked about oh, this yet, yes, but the, so the motive true. is important. So if, if you're doing this, if you're doing this for personal gain, it's going to be found out. It's going to be sniffed out pretty quickly. Absolutely. Like if you're doing this to manipulate them, to do what you need to do, like that's going to come like that's going to rise to the surface really quickly. But the motive is what we need to check. Of, am I doing this truly to thank them? Am I doing this truly to encourage them so that they are? Um, ready to go do what they've been called to do, to serve in the ways that they're called to serve, yeah. work in the ways like they need to be encouraged. Uh, so our motives have to be checked because if you're doing it for personal gain, listen, you can write notes all day long, but it is going to it's going to come across quickly. 
So true. Um, you are talking about death and you work in a church, but let me just give an example of how that could work in the financial industry. So I'm a former banker. Mm -hmm. um, when someone passes away who's on an account, you have yes. to make note of that and take that away. So you could get that list and you, that could be a list that you revisit and you reach out to the spouse or whoever else is on that person's account. Um, so that's just another way that you can think outside the box and how this transcends industry and can work yes. for anybody yeah. about the, the checking your heart piece. That's a John Christ reference. Yeah, so, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let me say this. So as a leader, it should be your goal. It is your responsibility to help grow and develop people in a positive way. Now, in order to reach more people, you have to increase your influence. You having a desire to increase your influence is not negative if your purpose is to help them create success in their own life. Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to be clear on that because yeah. a lot of times when I say like grow your leadership, grow your impact, that's not about you having fans. It's about you helping other people live better personal and professional lives. So yes. I totally agree. And I'm so glad you pointed that out. Yeah, Let's yeah. wrap this up. by I want to point out a few things that stuck out to me that you take it to the next level. Oh, that book. Yes. We have Wesley showed the book for everybody who's not um, watching this video. There's two things we have to talk about. Um, so Wesley, you use a fountain pen. I do. Who in the world uses a fountain pen? So that was one thing. You're focusing on your penmanship, which yeah. means you care about it looking good. So when people yeah. get that letter, they're not going to see something scribbled really fast. They're yeah. again just going to be reminded of how special this is. And if you have if you have chicken scratch or not, um, perfect place for your business card is in this card that goes out. I put like... Because I want people to have my contact information because I want them to know if they need to contact me for anything, here's my phone number. Of course, I put my name at the bottom of the card. I sign it with my signature. But how can they get in touch with me if they have another concern, they have another question? It, like They may already know it, but it just takes it one more step. Here it is again. In case you've lost it, in case you don't remember, here's how you can get in touch yes. with me. But yes, I, I, ha I, I had to practice my handwriting. That's embarrassing to say, but I did. Um, and it, it's changed things. I, I've, I've gotten comment after comment like, man, I noticed you used a fountain pen. I haven't seen somebody use one of those in decades. So, And you're just setting yourself apart yeah. from everybody yeah. else. I love it. I want you to talk about what you just pulled out. I'll just say it's a little black book, but it's not the little black book that you might think yeah, of. You're used to that. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Moleskine uh, makes a, a little journal they make lots of journals but it's a little cardboard outside exterior to it um but i buy the pocket size thin ones and if my wallet's in my right side every day this little notebook is in my left back pocket i carry that with me for for this purpose i want to catch people um doing something they need to be encouraged in or thanked for and if i don't write it down right then i will forget it I, something I've, I've held on to a, a statement for a long time is the shortest pencil is better than the longest memory. I'm not going to remember those things days from now, but if I have it written down and I go on a review often in that booklet, I am, uh, you could go, I could go look in this booklet right now of, of the last few days. Uh, even Wednesday night I had a guy come up to me, 
uh, he's looking for a way uh, to, to do something. And I wrote it down. And now I know that I can go back and, and do that for him. But I, I try to catch people doing things um, and ways that they're serving. Maybe they have went the extra mile and they need to know that they were recognized, uh, that somebody saw that. Well, I write it down and then go back and write them a note. And this is the what I, what goes down in here is what ends up being the people I write a lot of my notes to um, throughout the week. Here's the other thing about using a notebook. Uh, when somebody comes up to me with a concern they have, uh, I could I could get out my phone and I could start to type it in on the notes on my phone. But when you're talking about working multi generational, as which I do in the ministry, yes. and, and people in the business world now are working with maybe three, possibly four different generations. There's a generation uh, ahead of you and I and our age that if I pull out my phone when they mention a concern, they're going to consider it rude. They're going to consider like you've just yes. totally blown them off, even though you're trying to take down the note uh, to remind yes. yourself. But when they see you pull out a notebook and you take a pen and you write down that concern, they know you mean to take it as a concern that is valuable worth listening to and that you're going to do something about. And so that's that's the importance, kind of a twofold importance of the notebook. It's one for me, but it's also for them in receiving that. Now, one of the things I'm doing is this has been a practice of mine for a while now, and it's helpful for me as a leader of leaders. Um, I am now actually I have an appreciation dinner for my leaders this coming Monday night. I bought all of them a notebook just like this. I and I bought it. all of them yeah. stationary. Like they're, they're all getting stationary, uh, in along with one of these books, uh, one of these little journals. And I'm going to explain to them why I do what I do with it and how they too can then take it to the people that they're working with. So if you're a leader of leaders, um, don't just hoard the good practice of note writing and encourage there it. You go. go take yes. it to others and help them to, to, to do it as well. Multiply it. You, you know, as I've, it was actually last week when we had talked about it a little bit in, in preparation for this. Um, I got to calculating in my mind. I've committed to 10 plus notes a week. Um, well, and, and if I do that for the 50 plus weeks that I'm going to have over the next year, I can look back in a year from now and I have written over 500 handwritten notes to people. The impact of that is crazy. And if you're a leader of leaders and you can help them to start to do the same thing, you're going to have in your organization or wherever you're working, you're going to have thousands of handwritten notes going out. Well, listen, you can you can knock out thousands of text messages and thousands of emails. It seems like I get thousands of emails every day. Um, but if you can get thousands of handwritten notes, the impact is um, exponential. Totally agree. Wesley, thank you so much for being on here today, for sharing your experience in writing handwritten notes. For you all listening to this, are you going to start writing handwritten notes? Are you going to make it easy on yourself by getting the stationery in place, by making sure you have your list of contacts in place? Are you going to get an accountability partner? Are you going to get a little black notebook so that you can write down when your people do something good so you know exactly what you're going to say in those notes? And then finally, are you going to share that with your people? Are you going to help other people become better leaders? You all have action steps, and that means you have a choice to make. Are you going to put your stake in the ground and do something with what you've heard today? Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
For the links to everything mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes. And if you'd like more practical, tactical leadership development content, go to www.vanhooser.com for my weekly blog and all the links to my social media channels. If it makes sense to start improving the leadership skills of your managers and supervisors, let's talk about training options for your team. Email me at allison at vanhooser.com.